Hello and welcome. My name is Christopher Chandler. And my name is Chris Shower. And, and we, we are, are Generally, generally American. American. In our podcast, we discuss events, culture, whatever else we want from a generally American perspective. From our differing viewpoints, our goal is that we can offer others and ourselves nuanced opinions on fascinating topics related to the U.S. We invite you to be part of the discussion, and we hope that you'll stick around to see where the conversation takes us. So let's dive in. Hello. Hello, everyone. So I hope everyone's having a wonderful day. I I know I am. So I'm starting to get spring feelings, but slowly but surely. Yeah. We had a very beautiful day in the upper 50s um, early this week. And then the forecast said it was supposed to snow immediately after. Did it? So I was like, I'm I'm getting off work. I'm going for a walk. Oh, yeah, it did. Oh, wow. And now it's nice again. And then I think starting, it's either going to be tomorrow night or early the following morning. It's going to snow for like three or four days and be like negative 10 again. I'm so, so jealous. Like, I wish we had that much snow here. But on the one hand, I kind of don't because then I'd have to drive in it. But on the other hand. Yeah, it's awful. Yeah, it's awful driving in snow. Um I keep a hammer and a crowbar <laughs> in my trunk what? because the model of car I have, uh, it's, I've driven a 2016 Malibu and a 2017 Malibu, and they both seem to have the same issues okay. where those wheel wells just soak up snow and ice, and like I could hear the tires scrape against it. It's so bad. I've never seen, I've never seen a car accumulate snow and ice worse in my life, so I'll... Like, last yesterday at work, I had a little time, so I just went outside, popped open my trunk, grabbed my ice hammer, and did a little, did a little pounding of the ice out. And spring is coming. It's gonna come. <laughs> yeah, I don't remember what the official date is. Um... It's, <clears throat> uh, it, should, it should be the 20th or 21st this year. Pete, we are so desperate here. Um, we, we, everybody here in Billings knows better. But it always happens this way. It's miserable, 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 miserable. Mm -hmm. One beautiful day. Everyone go outside. Go outside. Do it now. Do it now. It's your one chance. And then we know it's <laughs> temporary, but you get a taste for it, and you just want it so bad. And then it's it snows the next day, mm -hmm. and then it's miserable for another month. But yeah, it's a... it usually doesn't s snow past April here. I mean... It snowed every month of the year here in freak circumstances, but May snow. Even if it snows in May, it's probably not going to stick around long, and it's going to be nice, quick. Yeah, that's the 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 temptation I have is when you're on the border of it being beautiful weather and not beautiful weather. Um, you really want to enjoy the day because you know, like the next two weeks are going to be terrible. So that's kind of the weather we have here at the moment. So last week it was also up in the fifties. So 50s, 60s, but now it's it's just raining, 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 raining. But yeah, so that's the the bi bi weekly weather report. <laughs> <laughs> and our hopes. Yeah. So anyway, Chris, what are we talking about this week? A very, a very controversial topic. So I, I don't know if it's controversial, but like race and ethnicity. I, I I'd say more sensitive. Yeah, that's good. So I think it's a very sensitive topic. So race and ethnicity. Um. So, which for some people is a very sensitive topic. I definitely think it is. 
especially what with like a lot of the protests in different countries um, related to like um, I guess discrimination towards minorities just in general with mm. like focus on race like in the US you have uh, like no what is it was it called like no Asian hate or like Black Lives Matter or stuff like that um, so it, it was uh, I, don't, I don't know if you heard about this mm. but when COVID I mean I mean it's it's probably better now, probably a lot better now, honestly. But early on in COVID, it was a legitimate thing where people just like weren't going to Chinese restaurants in the U.S. Yeah, that's so that's so good that you brought that up. So I, that was the same thing here too, though. Is at the very beginning when when COVID started, it was that's the Chinese virus. So that was the expression that a lot of people used, um, which was very unfortunate because it cause people to direct their hate or frustration towards people of Chinese descent um, and led to a lot of people being attacked so that turned into this motto of like no Asian hate or stop Asian hate I think was the was the phrasing for the movement I mean it still is so that that was yeah. unfortunate I think some people still feel that way though um, some people still call it by that name the virus by coronavirus by that name but the official term now is coronavirus i haven't heard it in a long time which i i appreciate yeah that's true so i don't know how how true this is but um like the the world health organization names the variants according to the greek alphabet so you have alpha beta omega and i don't speak greek but they skipped the letter and that letter sounded a lot like Xi, so like, um, as in like Xi Jinping, and it should have been like the next variant of the coronavirus, but because they were afraid people would make associations with like the Chinese president, um, they skipped that and they went on to like a different letter. Um, yeah, that was smart. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that was that was definitely smart. Yeah, that's I I think it was uh smart. You could argue it's a political question or a political stance, but it, it was probably a smart move. So, you know, but you know, before we go too much farther, I I have a question for you. Legitimate question. I Okay. I I've kind of thought about this a few ways. I'm guessing this is one of those things somebody who thought they were very smart said, mm -hmm. but when you think about it more, it's obviously life isn't black and white. Um, something, I, I'm not going to get the quote exactly right, but something along the lines of, um, it's more racist to ignore our differences than it is to pretend we're all the same. Oh yeah, I know that quote. Something along those lines. Yeah, that's a quote. Maybe I can find the full wording of it really quickly. So, um... So it's just as racist to... Which... Go on. Which I was going to say, I feel like culturally, I mean, I, I agree, just ignoring someone's culture and just assuming, like, they, you know, they're about the same things you are seems insensitive, but I... Mm. I also feel like that logic could be used to excuse some bad things or some bad thoughts uh, I can't or some bad stereotypes so I can't find the quote I but I know what the quote you're talking about so it's it so the logic is 
it's just as racist to pretend that we're the same as we are different, so to speak, and that you can cause more harm by that. Because um, you have people who are like, especially with, like I said, like with like Stop Asian Hate and like Black Lives Matter, that you have people saying stuff like, I don't see race um, or I don't see color or I don't see, we're all like, we're all the same. And I think that's a dangerous position because it, it erases, what well, erases like what makes us unique. So it, it erases all differences, whether you're Indian or Chinese or um, uh, Japanese or whatever. To say that we're all the same, I think is, I think it's equivocating. So, I mean, we're, we're all the same in the sense that we're all humans, which is true. Because you, mm-hmm. you also have people who say, like, there's only one race and it's the human race. Which is also, I guess, like a play on words. Um, so, and yeah, so in that sense, we're all the same. But we also come from different backgrounds. We come from different cultures. We come from different religions. And I think those differences are beautiful. And I think those are differences that we, we should celebrate. But you should never treat someone differently because of that. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And it's... I... You mentioned the, uh, you know, the classic uh, I, I, I don't see yeah. color <laughs> thing that a lot of people have said to, you know, excuse some ignorance. I, I'm going to own up. Uh, I'm not... I'm not gone to somebody and said those exact words before. However, um, when I was... Oh, man. This would maybe... Who at this point, like, maybe seven years ago, mm-hmm. longer than I'd like to think, uh, there was someone I worked with who I, I would say we were, like, friendly, like we would hang outside of work. And this... I had worked there for over a year at this point. And uh, I, I, I won't give his, his name, but his last name is very, like, Spanish and Mexican sounding. Mm-hmm. And at one point, I, I, I said this without thinking, because someone else mentioned it. I was like, wait, you're not white? Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, I was, and everyone just looked at me like, of course he's not. What, what do you, what do you mean? It, it, it was, uh, it, it was embarrassing. In hindsight, super not white looking. And, uh. I don't know how I I don't know how I did that. Yeah, that's interesting because white is always like the default position. So you have, especially within the U.S., you have this term of like of passing. So, um, which is used for like a lot of things, and basically it's kind of like if you look the part, then you probably are it. So, for example, if you look like you're like you're black, then you're probably black. Um, or if you look like you're white, then you're probably white, which isn't true because that doesn't automatically make you another race. But some people like to use that to their advantage. So if you're very, if you're technically black, I would say, but you're very fair skinned, you could maybe convince people that you're white. Or some people come from like a Hispanic background or like a South American background, and some of them are very fair skinned. So you would say, oh, this person is quote-unquote white by just looking at them. Um, but it, it's tricky. 
Uh, I definitely it, don't know how to solve the situation. It is. And then my, my reaction would just be to, like, don't care, right? Like, doesn't matter. But then you get back to, is it worse just ignoring it? You know what I mean? Uh, so kind of coming uh, coming around to something that I, I participated in mm-hmm. recently, there is uh, someone I work with who uh, we, we, we've hung out with a few times outside work. We kind of have a little little you know, work friend group we hang out with. And she is, um, she's Mexican. She's very Mexican. She's, uh, even spent time living in Mexico before, uh, completely fluent, uh, in Spanish. Mm -hmm. And, uh, however, and, and she's shown me like pictures of her family. It's interesting. She is by far the fairest skinned person in her family. Mm. Um, in some places she probably could pass, uh, you just, again, if it's one of those things you're, you're not really paying attention, you're being absent-minded, you might not notice. If, if you knew, you could tell, of course. Uh, so she just had her 30th birthday and, you know, there's the, there's the celebration, um, in their culture when you turn 15, uh, a quinceanera. Yeah. Which at the risk of butchering it, it has it has 15 in the translation I, I promise that's that's about as confident as i'm willing to go but it's supposed to be culturally like you're a woman now you know this is like you're you're becoming an adult and she never had that growing up so we all kind of were like oh let's just do it for her 30th so and I was a little on the fence about this, but wanted to do it for her. She wanted to do a party that kind of reminds her of, like, like her family or people she used to hang out with. Mm. Which, so she wa- she wanted us to basically do, like... Like it, reliving it, it? It's hard to word this. <sighs> like, she wanted us to do, like, Mexican and Mexican-American stereotypes. Like, oh, okay. Uh, it, and, and she was, she wanted to do it and she's like, it's, it's fine. Like, I want you to do this. It might be a little racist, but I want you to do this. And I'm like, uh, <laughs> <laughs> okay, it's for you. This is, this is like your, your 30th birthday, your quinceanera you never had. And, uh, we, we all went together shopping and found some stuff one day. I ended up thinking I had some jeans at home that would have been perfect. I couldn't find, but I just wore I ended up just wearing, like, my black Chiefs jersey, but it, it, it was a fun time. We, we all had, like, uh, we did, like, a taco bar and had margaritas and played board games. It was, it was nothing crazy, but it was, it was interesting. It's an interesting thing to have someone ask you to do. I mean, some people would consider that, uh, I, I guess, cultural appropriation, maybe, um, or culturally insensitive. I guess it really depends on how you view it because I feel like people on the outside looking in um, view that as like racism or they view that as a slight or um, as being like insensitive. And if you talk to some of the people who are from that culture, they view that as like, oh, they're really interested. So like, for example, if someone wears like a kimono, 
um, and they're getting accustomed to like Japanese culture. Like non-Japanese people might see that and say like, "Oh wow, that's super racist! Like you shouldn't wear that. That's so insensitive." <clears throat> but like if a Japanese person sees that, they might think like, "Oh, that's so cool. They're interested in my uh, in my culture and um, my race, my heritage. That's awesome." So it's always really tricky uh, to like navigate those waters. And like everyone knows the term like cultural appropriation, which I think has become like a new fancy, uh, fancy term that everyone uses. Yeah, uh, every culture has stolen something from every culture. I I wonder. That's how we progress. Yeah, I I think some people blatantly steal stuff. I mean, that's definitely true. Um, But I I wonder. Yeah, it, it happens all the time. Japan stole China's alphabet and made a new language out of it. It happens all the time. <laughs> but I think maybe stealing sounds a bit nefarious. I think that it would be better to speak of, like, influences because we influence each other all the time. So, I mean, like, our alphabet, you know, is from... comes from, like, the Middle East. Like, um, the Latin alphabet after, like, generations, generations, generations. So... A lot of stuff is passed down. A lot of stuff is, like, inherited. So, I don't know if I would say it's stealing. But, like, in your case with your friend, um, with your friend, I think it's more of, I want to appreciate you as a friend. I want to try and appreciate your culture. So, let's do this. Um, But, like, American society is more like, no, if you do that, then you're being insensitive. You're being uh, racist. It's appropriation. You can't do that. Um, but it oh, and to complete the insensitivity of our party, yeah, um, <clears throat> we wanted to have margaritas, of course, because <laughs> you got to have margaritas with tacos, right? And uh, my roommate here had a margarita mixer, a Margaritaville margarita mixer. It's like totally automated. You just plug things in, it mixes it up, it blends it. It's 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 hilariously overdesigned, <laughs> and we had way too strong of margaritas and had a good time uh i mean like i said i don't know if i can say that being insensitive i think it's coming from a place of love it's 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 just it was very funny we had to look up a youtube video (laughs) uh to figure out how to use it and it was this this guy with this super thick boston accent like hey it's monday i figure it's margarita monday (laughs) let's see how this thing works yeah, I mean, and I think like the 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 lines are kind of blurry. So with like race, because it's really hard. Because like in the U.S., we're, we all come from a very mixed background. So even people who profess that they're like purely white or purely black or or this or that. There's been so much, there's been so mix, so much mixing and matching going on in the past couple hundred years that no one is ever really just one thing. We're like a combination of many things, a combination of many races. And I would argue that race in of itself is artificial. So, like, we, you know, we, we, we think it, we thought it up. So, I don't view it that strictly but we also for people who don't come from the u.s um 
I'm sure you've you've heard this. So like like there's like the one drop rule basically. So like how we categorize people. And this only works I guess if you're looking if you're going from white being like the baseline. So if both parents are white, then they'll just say you're white. But if like maybe the father is white and the the mother is Chinese, then the question is, well, what is it? Well, like, what is the child? And so people are like, oh, it's mixed. So it's, you know, it's uh, biracial. But they'll always refer to the child as being, oh, the child is a Chinese child. Or like, um, it's Chinese American or something. Mm-hmm. But not that it's white. So um, even if you don't see it, you know, like, even if you don't see the person, you know, maybe, I don't know, like, the grandparents are white or whatever. Or the grandparents are Chinese or something. And it's quote unquote so diluted by that point that you don't really like see it, but still you would say like, oh, you know, it's a, it's a Chinese baby or something. Um, there, there is a somewhat notable exception. Okay. So, um, I, I, I know you're from more of like the Eastern Missouri area, so I'm not quite sure what it's like over here. Okay. Uh, here in Montana, we have a, we have very strong Native American presence here, mm-hmm. and we we are actually the only state that does require uh, public schools to teach Native American history and studies and things like that. Oh, that's so cool! So I feel like we're we're it feels weird to say, but I think we're more educated on it than most people. There is I, I think this is the number you have to be a certain percentage of Native. Um, to be able to like have a tribal ID oh. and to get get benefits so and and they do actually restrict it because like for example um, if you want to hunt right you need to go like buy tags and things like that mm-hmm. so you can legally go hunt and get a hunter you know hunter's license all those things um, natives don't have to do that they, they can just go hunt it's fine oh wow that's you know part of part of you know their rights uh i think you have to be i think the number is 12 and a half percent native and you can have a tribal id and uh it, it is <laughs> it's it's something uh I, I think relevant to what we're talking about which uh, this probably happened to me like five six years ago it was pretty funny i was with a bunch of friends in vegas for an event we were going to mm-hmm. And I was with one of them, and we were in a line to, like, uh, pick up, like, some passes for the thing we were going to. And I can't remember if he did this on purpose or on accident, but I was in line with, with one of them. And, um, very, I mean, he's he's very obviously black. Like, if you look at him, you think, <laughs> he's black. The end, right? And then he drops something on the floor, and he picks it up and shows it to me, and it's a, it's a Native American ID. He's like, oh, man, don't want to drop the race card like that. <laughs> Yeah, it's that's so. It, it, it was pretty funny. <laughs> that's so interesting that you bring up like Native Americans. I can't believe I didn't think of that first. But um, I'm sure you, I don't even know how true this is, but maybe you've heard it nonetheless. That if if you can prove that you are of Native American descent, that you can typically go to college for free. Have you heard that? Uh, I mean, I haven't heard that in general. Like the more. It's beneficial for things like college and yeah. loans and things like that. The more of a minority background you can prove, the more beneficial it is. 
Yeah, in particular, like, if you're Native American. So I don't know if this is actually true, but um, at least, like, in the Midwest when we were growing up, that you would always hear that if you could prove that you're of Native American descent um, to a certain extent, then you would either get, like, a lot of loans to go to school or, like, going to school would be practically free, quote-unquote. Um, but, like, in general, Native Americans have it pretty difficult um, I don't know if you remember, like, a couple years back with Elizabeth Warren and, like, Trump. They had, like, kind of like a public, I guess, fight or debate or spout. Elizabeth Warren claimed that she was Native American. That, like, her great-great-great-great-grandparents were Native Americans. And she doesn't really look Native American. She doesn't speak any Native American language. She's about as wide as they come, I would say. So everyone's like, well, she's lying. Like, she's not actually Native American. And she's like, no, no, I'm Native American. Um, my great-great-great-great-great-grandparents or something are, like, Sue, or I can't remember. And so Trump called her Pocahontas. <laughs> as, like, an insult. Um, I don't remember if she actually proved her... Um, actually proved that she was related to Native Americans. I, I had thought people said it was proved she wasn't, but also at that point, like, does it matter? Mm. If you're if you're so far deluded and you 100% pass as white, you have no cultural or shared experiences of hardship with anybody who doesn't pass as white, what, what does it matter? That's what I think. So, but on a funny side note, so the the actor from Fight Club, so Edward Thornton, um it turns out that he's edward norton yeah edward norton thank you not thornton edward norton that he's related to pocahontas like literally like he's uh like that's that's his uh, like great 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 grandmother or something i don't know how many generations but so i mean so we're all we're all connected but that's that's an interesting point you make um i think cultural uh, like the cultural experience is more important than anything so, I was taking a Spanish class at the university a couple of years back, and and everyone's like, so we should introduce ourselves. And so, some people are like, yeah, I'm from Turkey, I'm from Italy, and then this one guy said he's from the U.S. And I was like, oh, great, you know, like another American, like I can talk to him, and I was really excited. And so, we started talking, and his English was a, was a bit off, like it sounded american but like there's something about it that sounded somewhat foreign and so i was talking to him and i was like asking him like where he went to high school like where he went to work and like all these things you would like you know ask like another american you know to try and figure out where they're from in the u.s and he's like oh no i've never been to the u.s like i grew up with my parents here they both speak english so that's how i learned english but i've never lived in the u.s and on paper, he was American, but culturally speaking, I couldn't really do anything with him because he didn't really know any of my experiences of growing up, you know, of, like, going to school or, like, things you do as kids in the U.S. Like, he didn't know any of that. He just knew the language. So then the question was, like, well, is he is he not American? Like, technically, yes. Culturally speaking, it's a kind of iffy. Because if you don't understand, like, my cultural values, if you don't understand, like, my cultural background, then, you know, how can we say that we're from the same place? So, 
That I still haven't solved that question yet. <laughs> well, I mean, it's. I mean, that's that's the whole thing. It's it's all tricky and contextual, mm-hmm. and every situation's different, right? Yeah. Like the the cultural part is 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 really interesting to me. So, I I work in a business where I I talk to people on the phone from every part of the country and sometimes people from Canada and Mexico. And it's interesting that I I kind of have like this I almost have like a racial map of the country in my head mm-hmm. now because I'll I'll work with people from like the Indianapolis area. And I know there's a lot of, there's a lot of people in Indianapolis in my industry that are Indian from India. Uh, just, just how it is. Just, I talked to, I've talked to hundreds of people from there. Very large percentage of them are Indian. I've talked to people that, you know, from the Southern California area, um, lots of Mexican, lots of Chinese. Mm. I've, I've talked to people from the Chicago area, lots of Russian and Eastern European. It's and you can tell talking like there are people who obviously are like first generation immigrants. Like you can tell the way they speak and yeah. um, you know what they talk about. And then you can tell the guys who like they have a perfect accent, perfect. They speak perfect English. They you know you can talk about them with things and they culturally understand you. And then he'll say, "Hold on a second. And he'll just say something to someone off the phone, completely switch <laughs> languages, and you could tell you, okay, I'm talking to a second generation now, um, who's probably like, you know, has obviously understood and integrated into American culture, but I assume still, considering their environment and who they're working with, has at least a good understanding of, you know, more of their mother culture. I, I don't even know if that's. I don't even know what you call that, but it's. Uh, I guess it's it's interesting. It's it's very interesting. I guess heritage, because do you know like the term heritage speaker? Uh no. So like imagine you're I don't know let's say your parents are from China, so your parents move from China they come to the U S, and unfortunately and I I would say this is grounded in reality that some parents don't teach their children their native language because they're afraid that the kid might grow up with an accent or the kid might be bullied by other kids or have for for knowing Chinese or something. And so they don't want this child to suffer that fate. So they don't teach the child Chinese, for example. And, of course, it might still, like, know a couple words, you know, like, hello, goodbye, or it might talk, be able to talk about, like, um, so the child might be able to talk about, like, basic stuff, but it's not, like, functional, like, in this language. And so this person is often referred to as a heritage speaker. So if, if some point in their life this person decides to learn Chinese, so, like, Mandarin, to a high level, they'll be known as, like, heritage speakers. So, because they keep their language alive, basically. Um... So you have, like, a lot of those, like, even here, like, um, people don't want them to speak, like, their native language, so they speak, like, German, so that they can, like, integrate better into society, and, um, 
they'll think that, you know, that they'll be more German. But I feel like the way Americans view race is fundamentally different than the way everyone else does. Because I think more Americans are more interested on, or more interested in how American you are, as opposed to, like, where you're from. Um, whereas in Europe, it's you're English, you're French, you're Spanish, you're Italian, you're German, you're Russian. That is, like, the most important thing, I would say. Where in, whereas in the U.S., it's we're all Americans. Well, I guess that's the way it should be. It's not in reality, but, <laughs> I mean, that's the goal. Right. And And like you said, like, at least for me, with, you know talking to so many different people all the time mm-hmm. I, it's not something i really consciously think of but i i usually like think the more i can relate to this person the more I, american i feel like they are yeah and what's funny is um you know i talked to so many different people and so many some people speak excellent english but their accent is thick so it's hard to understand them and some people just don't speak it you know all, all sorts of mixes and it, you know it's kind of annoying when you have to you know ask someone to repeat the thing on the phone like three times over what's <laughs> funny is the person by far me and my colleagues uh dread speaking with mm. is um the born and raised american dude from the deep south <laughs> like i it is it's so hard to understand and like i feel like i can't i i can't relate to anybody like it's such I feel like the Deep South of the U.S. is such a different everything that I, I just can't relate to it at all. Yeah, I have that feeling. And does that make me? Does that make me feel like they're they're not American? Well, obviously they are, but it's like I, I it's so culturally foreign. Yeah, I mean that. I think that's definitely true. I think, I mean, they're still American in that sense, but. I think we pride ourselves on being very, like, individualistic. Just, you know, go doing, like, our own thing. But at, at the same time, we want to think that we're all the same. So, so I found the quote, because it took me a while, but I found the quote that you were referring to and I was referring to, and it's by Kimberly Crenshaw. And the quote is, uh, Treating different things the same can generate as much inequality as treating the same things differently um which is basically what we've been trying to like sum up which is pretending that these things don't exist does more harm than good and that's what i feel like a lot of these like these movements have been about so like uh, black lives matter stop asian hate uh, cultural appropriation affirmative action um like, a lot of these movements are trying to, I guess, erase any difference between any of us so that we're just all the same, um, which I don't think is even possible. Um, well, it's not just, like, like, I feel like specifically for Black Lives Matter, it's just like, hey, there is a problem here, you know, the unfair and mathematically provable victimization mm-hmm. of 
black Americans by the police in this country. Like, that's just, you can lay out the numbers on an Excel sheet, and that's just what it is. Uh, I, I feel like, I mean, obviously there's more, there's much more to it than that. Yeah. But at its basis level, like the movement's about, we have to acknowledge this exists. You know, you can't fix a problem until everyone agrees there's a problem. And we can't even get to the point where people agree there's a problem. Yeah, but no, that's that's definitely correct. Because then you had, like, counter-movements. So then you had, like, I don't know, like, All Lives Matter or White Lives Matter or something. So, and... Also Blue Lives Matter. Yeah, that too. And so once you have, like, these counter-movements, then, then you realize people aren't talking to each other. So it all, like, it all just seems kind of, like, reactionary, I would say. So... You say, like, Black Lives Matter, then it's like, oh, well, all lives matter. And it's it's like, well, that's not, you know, that's not the question at hand. That's not, like, the point. Um, so I, I feel like especially with, like, a lot of, like, the the, the races, there's a lot where we talk past each other a lot. And I do feel like Americans talk about race more than, like, we should, <laughs> even though we're doing this episode. Like, I went to the U.S. two years ago. Uh, to visit my family, and I had to go to Walgreens to do, like, a COVID test, and I drove up, you know, they gave me the stuff, and I did the test, and then I went away, and then I got the results, like, three hours later, and I was negative, all fine, and they had, like, all of my information on there, and then they had ethnicity, and and they put, like, ethnicity non-white, which, I mean, if you look at me, then (laughs) you would say, like, oh, I'm not white, but I was so shocked that they even put that on there, like, why does it matter? And then I'm like, because in Germany, you would never have that. Like, that's not even, a, like, that's not even on a form. Um, and I was like, oh, wait, we're in the U.S. <laughs> so, like, where they, where everything is done by race. So you're Mexican-American, you're African-American, or you're white American. Um, like, we're, we're super fixated on, like, like, what kind of American you are. Um unfortunately and so that was kind of like a a reverse culture shock coming back and people saying like oh you're a non-white american which to me is like uh, i guess that's true but i never thought about it like that um right i i don't know i i'm trying to think at the most possible non-harmless or non-cynical i don't know it's still pretty cynical reason i could think of for that is we we love statistics here right That's we true. love being able to say we love being able to go on the news and say oh 25 percent of americans who do x are y fascinating we we love that mm-hmm. so i i don't know if it's just collecting data so they can say you know the percentage of people from this region are that are taking covid tests are x-ray you know i i I don't know but i i feel like you know and it's a it's a private company you know they they love collecting as much data as possible they'll they'll try and make it into money somehow yeah i i definitely think that's the way we kind of work so like black americans are like this or white americans are like that or chinese americans are like this or like that and i definitely think we do love like getting statistics um, about different Americans. 
But uh, I feel like it's it's very difficult for people to celebrate these differences um, without it becoming... Um, like, without it backfiring. So, I mean, I know you've heard of, like, blackface. So, <laughs> um, right. yeah, I think everyone's heard of blackface. For those who don't know, it's basically you, you paint yourself black and you pretend to be, like, another culture. Or, or like, a black culture, which was... Why Chris was talking about with his friend and like dressing up as like Mexicans and how that could be considered as being culturally insensitive, I would say. Because blackface originates from, I think, like the, the 1920s from like these like uh, vaudeville shows where white actors would dress up as black actors and portray them or dress up as black people, sorry, and portray them in a very poor light. So, that was considered, after a while, to be racist. Um, oddly enough, uh, and I think this is super fascinating, and another way America exports its culture without knowing, um, they would they used to do blackface in Europe too. Like there are a lot of cult, there are a lot of like um, cultural icons or like um, like cultural figures that are based on, like, blackface in, like, Europe and, like, Germany and in, like, uh, I think it's the Netherlands, where I think, like, Evil Santa, or, like, the, the figure that, uh, <laughs> the figure that, that punishes little kids is referred to as Black Peter, I believe. And, <laughs> yeah, and so it's a basically a white person who, like, covers himself up in, like, black, blackface, basically. But it's not them being a black person it's it's supposed to be i think someone covered like in soot and like coal dust but the person's black and because of like how bad like blackface is in the u.s and how racist it is racist it is those connotations have like carried over to like other countries to where now it's considered racist here to do blackface <laughs> Basically, so. Which is good. I, yeah. th I think it took a, in hindsight, because I think you and I kind of grew up in a time where it, it was still considered not great, but, like, you could do blackface and not, like, the world wouldn't go nuclear on you, you know? Yeah. Like, it wasn't, it, it, it was weird. So, wow, we are actually getting near the end of this episode somehow this flew yeah uh there there is one thing i want to talk about sure. um my, my personal per perspective if um if we have a couple minutes mm -hmm. so we actually looked this up before we started the show or started recording the uh the most recent census data for billings montana just to give you kind of an idea of like in the environment i grew up in uh, according to the most recent census from a couple years ago uh, 86.9% of households in Billings, Montana are white only. Everybody that lives there is white. And that is absolutely reflective of what it's like to live here. It's very... It's very white culturally <laughs> and uh, racially. Uh, we, do, we do have probably our next two biggest um, groups. We have a... I mean, it's Montana. We have... There's a decent native population here, and we do have 
um, a decent Hispanic and uh, Latino population here. Mm. But uh, everything else is here. It's just very, very, very much um, in the minority. And so I, when I talk about this, coming from a place like this and, and being super white, I try and like, okay, under understanding and, you know, trying to get out of my, my background. Also understanding that, um, I'm coming from a place of extreme ignorance. Um, for example, I remember going to, uh, when I was 18, I went on a senior trip to Washington, DC and Washington, DC. I, I think it still is. If, if it's not still the most, it's close has like the highest, um, black population in the u.s uh, like percentage and i remember getting there and it was just like like a culture shock like it was so so different from anything else i'd ever experienced on top of just you know washington D washington dc and staying in a hotel in downtown dc is a much different experience than living in billings montana um yeah i i i I just kind of wanted to give where, where kind of I'm coming from in this and recognize that uh, I, I am coming from a place of ignorance and, you know, you do what you can to recognize your, I don't, I don't want to say biases, but just lack of of experience and information, but still try and have something to say. No, I think that's definitely a good way to put it. I think definitely I, I'm not like... I guess, like, finishing on, like, a somewhat interesting note is people feel like people from other backgrounds are all the same. So, like, I guess the classics would be, like, Chinese people. So when people... Or, like, Asians or East Asians. So when you see them, you say, like, oh, they all look the same. Like, you, I can't tell them apart. And, and people are like, oh, that's so racist. But it's kind of true. So where I'm from, I didn't have, like, a whole bunch of contact with, like, like uh, Asians so um, to me they, a lot of them did sound and look the same but once you know I started talking to a lot of them like online and in person then it was suddenly easier to like distinguish them so and there have been studies that have been done about this where it's really hard to tell people apart if they're not a part of your quote unquote race or ethnicity so you know we all have like biases we all have like ignorance I think as long as you're willing to learn from that, as long as you're willing to recognize um, I'm not knowledgeable in this area, but I'm willing to grow, I'm willing to learn, then I don't really see the harm in, in being curious. But yeah, so a very loaded... <laughs> right, I, yeah, my, so there, before we quit, just my, the thing I always have in the back of my, well, not always, but when this subject is brought up the thing you never want to be you never want to be the stereotypical like liberal elite yeah who, like yes absolutely black lives matter all these things we need change also um i live in a gated community hello police there is a non-white person outside my house walking their dog uh i don't think they're supposed to be here <laughs> like there are people out there that like 
either they just have some sort of mental disconnect from like what's right in front of them and what's happening in the world or they're just being performative and like that's yeah and and those are the kind of people that set causes back because they're the ones that get pointed to as bad actors and um you know just used as ammo against good causes that's true um we unfortunately didn't get to virtual signaling that's something that just dawned on me but oh. we'll say that well that's what we just did yeah <laughs> that's basically virtual signaling for the for in a nutshell all right so that's it for today thanks so much for listening and uh we'll catch you on the next one yep bye everyone <laughs> bye we really appreciate you taking the time to listen to our podcast we hope that it was informative and that we were able to expand your worldview, even if only just a little. We always welcome feedback, comments, and constructive criticism. If you'd like to provide us with any, please reach out to us at our Discord or email address, both of which will be listed in, in the description. Thanks again for listening, and until next time.